Welcome to the Light of God's Word broadcast, a broadcast that shines the light of God's Word through expositional teaching of the Word of God. This broadcast is a ministry of Lighthouse Independent Baptist Church in Lewisburg, Tennessee. You can find out more information about our church at www.lewisburglighthouse.com. Thank you once again for being a part of the broadcast today. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to open them to 1 Corinthians chapter number 1, where we'll read our text and where we'll continue our study of this wonderful book of the Bible. We'll begin in verse 26, reading through the end of the chapter. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made us unto wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Let me catch you up right quick. Uh, we began this passage of Scripture in our last broadcast, and we began in verse 26, and we began to walk through the people to whom Paul was writing. Many of them had been puffed up with pride, and they began to be divided because different people considered themselves higher than others, and they began to get that pharisaical mentality of, I'm glad I'm not like this person. And it's a great reminder for us, especially in times like those, to remember where we came from. You realize God doesn't save us because we're so wonderful. I like the quote, and I don't know who it originated with. I heard a preacher in Kentucky say it many years ago, but God doesn't save you because you're valuable. You're only valuable because God saved you. And there's a lot of truth in that, and sometimes if we're not careful, we can become very elite in our own minds, and we begin to get divisive. That's what happened in the Corinthian church. They begin to boast of being of Paul or of Paulus or of Cephas or just simply uh, there was the group that made themselves even better than everybody else. I'm of Christ. But understand this, we all are saved the exact same way. And but by the but for the grace of God, rather, we would be on our way to hell. And so we notice here that the reason that God doesn't, if you will, choose the mighty is because that then the flesh would glory in itself. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9 tells us, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And you see, if it was because we were so wonderful, because we were so mighty that God saved us, then we could glory in our own flesh. But the Bible says no flesh should glory in his presence. And so we needed to notice the Christ whom we praise. And verse 30 is where we'll pick up our lesson for today. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. So after Paul had already walked through what we looked at last week concerning him choosing the lowly things, uh, Paul, to dispel any more pride that may be remaining in the Christians, 
reminded them why they believed the gospel. It wasn't because who they were. It wasn't the fact that they were wise or they were powerful enough. It was because of God that they were in Christ Jesus. And can I say that's a great reminder for us today. We aren't saved because we were so wonderful we got saved. It's because of God that we're in Christ Jesus. God himself is the ultimate force behind the salvation of those who believe. I, I, I quoted these verses earlier, but Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, by grace are you saved through faith. The gift of God. It's a gift from God. No credit belongs to you. No credit belongs to any other human for those who have come to Christ. All the glory, all the praise, all the credit belongs to God himself. And so Paul describes salvation in some very uh, important terms. He said the believers are in Christ. Moreover, we share in his resurrection. We share in the life that we have now, but also in the final resurrection of our bodies that is to come. And so Paul emphasizes this unity in Christ to reconcile this church that was divided in different factions. Because of our union in Christ, Christ has become wisdom from God to us. So Paul then begins to describe the nature of this wisdom that we have in Christ. First of all, notice this. I, I love these terms. Christ gives us wisdom, but he also gives us righteousness. Righteousness. Now, this, this is a wonderful, wonderful term. This is the first time in his letter that Paul uses this word, and it means justification. It means that we are right in the eyes of God. Jesus Christ bore the sins of his people on the cross, of the, of the world on the cross, so that they can receive a righteous standing before God. Think about this. You know you better than anybody else. And to understand that if you are in Christ, if you've believed on the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation, then you can stand before God righteous. Now, I know me, and, and you know you, and the reality is that is an amazing truth that as a believer ought to bring great joy to our lives, to realize that Christ is our righteousness, not by works of righteousness, which we have done. We know from the Old Testament that our righteousness is as filthy rags. The best that you can produce and the best that I can produce is as filthy rags. But when I stand before God on that day, I don't have to stand in my own righteousness for I have very little, but I stand in Jesus Christ. I am in Christ and Christ is my righteousness. Secondly, Christ is our sanctification. Notice that's the next word he used, and sanctification. Sanctification is something that Paul uses often to describe a purity which should characterize a believer's life. The Corinthians had seen their practical lives changed by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And no doubt people listening to this broadcast right now could testify yourself of how the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ changed your life, not only positionally, meaning in the eyes of God, but also changed your life practically. 
Christ has become the source of our holiness. He is our sanctification. Number three, Christ is our redemption. Christ purchased believers with the price of his own blood. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20, that all people who are saved have been bought with a price. And Paul here is reminding the Corinthians that Christ had become the most important thing in their lives. And they owed to him every part of their life. So we find Christ is our reason for praise. He's our righteousness. He's our sanctification. He is our redemption. And so in verse 31, as he closes out this this thought in this paragraph, which, of course, in this uh, time now closes out this chapter, there's a command for you and I to praise the Lord. In verse 31, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Now, let me let me address this first portion of Scripture because it is a, a little bit of a conditional uh, thing that according as it is written, he that glorieth. That's, that seems almost conditional because, well, what, what if we just don't glory? But the reality is everybody glories in something. You don't believe me? Spend some time with someone and it won't take long before they will be glorying something. It may be their sports team that they're so proud of, and they will, they will, if you will, talk about how wonderful it is. It might be their grandchildren. It might be their children. It might be uh, family. It might be friends. It might be some organization. It might be their work. It might be their craft. It might be their trade. But every person glories. You know, it's like a lot of times people's like, I just don't get excited. Oh, everybody gets excited about something. Everybody gets excited about something. And the Bible tells us this, He that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. The purpose of Christ, exclusive role as the wisdom of God bringing salvation, is that all the boasting that will be done will be done to the glory of God. Now, Paul here is paraphrasing in this verse, Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 24. The prophet Jeremiah had warned Judah not to boast in their own wisdom, not to boast in their own ability. They were instead to place their confidence in the Lord to deliver them from their trouble. So now Paul here is recalling this verse to apply this Old Testament principle to the church of Corinth. Those who understand rightly will not be so foolish as to boast in themselves and what they've done and who they are or in any other human being, but rather their boasting, all their glorying, will be in the Lord. Paul hoped that when the Corinthians ceased to boast in themselves, they would then be reconciled one to another. Reconciled one to another. They weren't divided because of Christ. They were divided because they had lifted themselves up. They were divided because they had put their fellow believers down. And they weren't divided about the things of God, but rather they were only divided in the wisdom of humanity. Do you know what caused this church, if you will, though they didn't physically fragment into other churches, but what caused them to be split in their purpose? They had gotten away from Christ, and they begin to focus on self. Can I say this? Most of the time when there's fractures in relationships, oftentimes it comes because of selfishness. 
Sometimes it's a selfishness on both sides of the relationship. Sometimes it's primarily a selfishness on one side of the relationship or the other. But the reality is this, when we begin to place the emphasis on us, we're now taking the emphasis as a believer off the one whom the emphasis is to be placed on, and that's Jesus Christ. The fact is, no matter how smart we are, no matter how how wise we are according to the world, no matter how much we accomplish according to the world's measuring, no matter how wealthy or what class we're in or, or how important our position is considered, we have nothing to glory in except for Jesus Christ. One of the things that we've mentioned over these last two broadcasts that will help us to do this is to remember where we were when we got saved. Remember who you were apart from Christ. And I promise you this, if you're right with God, you won't be glorying in it. I sometimes am concerned about people who will glory, if you will, in their wickedness that they partook in prior to their salvation. Sometimes you'll hear somebody give their testimony, and it sounds like instead of them being ashamed of their their wicked past, they're instead proud of how wicked they were. When I hear that, I'm a little bit grieved because the focus shouldn't be on how bad you were, but rather on how good God is. Can I tell you, if we're going to listen to you talk for five minutes, I'd rather you spend the time talking about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the one who condescended from heaven. He descended from heaven, and he was brought low, not only into the form of his creation as a man, but also the lowest among men. As you read the scripture about Jesus Christ's ministry and what he went through and what he did for you and I, can I tell you, it's humbling. It makes us realize that we have nothing to boast in. Save Jesus Christ. In fact, Paul, when he wrote a church, he said this, I don't really want to know anything among you. Save Jesus Christ and him crucified. I don't want you to impress me with how good you are, how bad they are. I just want to know about Jesus Christ and him crucified. Can I challenge you today? Can I challenge you to boast about Jesus Christ? to glorify Jesus Christ today? And can I encourage you to do that? Not just simply quietly among yourselves, but can I encourage you to do that to someone else? Tell them about how good God is today. And remember to be a light to others so that through you, they may see the glory of God.